Hello and welcome to the Gifts Rewarded Podcast. I uh, hope you're having a great day, a great evening. Uh, we're live here on Facebook and we're really excited to uh, share uh, tonight's uh, story with you uh, here on Gifts Rewarded, whether you're watching live on Facebook, YouTube, uh, uh, Rumble, or you're catching the replay on the Creative Motion Network, or you're uh, watching uh, or listening on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, we're so glad that you're along with us. I uh, wanted to dive right into our Devotion with Dave segment. Our Devotion with Dave segment uh, comes from uh, the book of Matthew, uh, two weeks in a row. I, I really enjoy uh, the Gospels there. So uh, it's coming from uh, Matthew 16, 24, uh, where it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, then you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. So. Oh. So many, uh, you know, really want to focus on, you know, the John three sixteen, how how God so loved the world, and and is, uh, focus really on the love aspect, but not often enough do we focus on the realization that yes, salvation is free, but to pursue the Lord, you there are some costs. You have to be willing to die to yourself. You have to be willing to lay it all on the line for the Lord, because. Jesus did that for us. Jesus laid it all on the line. He gave every drop of blood. He gave his body for us. And to think that we could get that for free and just kind of dance through this life, I think it's very naive. And I want to encourage you that that pursuing Jesus is not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. There are going to be challenges. You got to be willing to take up your cross and follow him. Because taking up a cross is not something that's easy or or without cost or without uh, some sort of a challenge, uh, because Jesus led the way, and if we were to follow him, he died the most painful, excruciating death, and to think that we would get by with less, uh, I think, is is not a healthy way to think. Uh, the Bible is very clear that, yes, Jesus so you know came because God so loved the world, but to pursue Jesus is going to take some challenges, uh, so I just want to encourage you that um, that Jesus has overcome it all. He's done it. He's been through it. He's suffered it. But at the end of the day, he overcame and we too will overcome. But we have to be willing to take up our cross and follow him just uh, to to the point that or to the point of where he went to. Uh, so just uh, want to leave that with you uh, today. Uh, Matthew 16, 24. Uh, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. So that is our uh, devotions uh, with Dave segment for tonight. And uh, now I want to bring on our guest at this time. Uh, he is a uh, missionary in uh, the state of Illinois with Youth Alive. Uh, we're going to find out uh, about what Youth Alive is and find out what he and his wife, Katie, are doing. So please welcome at this time my guest, uh, Billy Willis. Billy, welcome to Gifts of Glory. Hey, Dave. It's so good to be on your show tonight. Thanks for inviting me to be a part. Absolutely. And uh, I, I I think that maybe the audience that, might, uh, that normally tunes in might see that I'm a little bit off my game. Um, had some technical issues. Uh, the mic wasn't working. Uh, some internet issues. So I, if I'm not coming through clear, I hope that you will, because we want to hear your story. Uh, so tell us about what Youth Alive is and how you and, and your bride got involved. Yeah. Hey. Dave, you sound good. Your audio sounds great. So that's that's definitely a positive. Um, how did Katie and I get involved into Youth Alive? Well, uh, we 
We served in youth ministry for about 15 years, and uh, we were experiencing a lot of success. Um, uh, in uh, 2014, we decided to take our efforts to reach the school campus to a new uh, level and just experience God's favor, open doors into our schools to where we were able to bring in a school assembly and up to eight different schools in a three-day period, uh, bringing a message of hope uh, to students thousands of students in, in just three days. And then we couldn't share the gospel on the school campus. Uh, and so with the school's permission, we invited all those students to an off-campus event hosted at our church where we could share the hope of the gospel with teenagers. And uh, we saw crowds of anywhere from close to 400 up to 700 students wow. show up that Wednesday night each year. And the gospel was preached, and without fail, every year we would see any at least a hundred students respond to the gospel. I'm talking from wall to wall, from the front row of chairs all the way to the front of the stage. Young people streaming forward uh, in confession that they need this Jesus that we talked about, and then we'd watch as uh, this huge influx of young people would come to our youth ministry. Students that would have never set foot in our church if we had not first found a way to set foot in their school. And so we got to just experience a lot of young people. I'm talking about like a young man in, in particular. We found out uh, he came uh, as this little sixth grade kid, spiky blonde haired mohawk, tattered skateboarding shoes, holes in his clothes, dressed in black. But every time he came to our youth group, he would come with this huge smile on his face, excited to be at church probably because for perhaps the first time this young man in particular was experiencing something at church that he didn't experience at home. I got to know more of his story, found out that he was the product of a teenage pregnancy that his mom had him when she was 14 years old, the average age of an eighth or ninth grade student. This young man's mom has him. He grows up in a single parent home, watches mom go in and out of relationships with men and women. Uh, mm -hmm. This young man didn't know his dad, hardly knew anything about his dad. The one thing that he knew about his dad was that, was that his dad wasn't there. And uh, so when he began to come to our youth ministry and hear about the love of his heavenly father that would never leave him or forsake him, uh, it began to take root in his heart. He began to come to church. And we saw just stories like that uh, without number. And in 2018, uh, a group of atheist lawyers in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, named the Freedom from Religion Foundation, found out about what we were doing, wrote cease and desist letters to all the schools, and effectively uh, intimidated the schools. And they decided to take the safe bet and not have our assembly program back. Well, I begin to pray, God, use what the enemy means to suppress the gospel and use it for its expansion. Prayed that for months on end. Uh, until one day I was praying and the Lord put spoke a scripture to my heart in John where Jesus says that unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But in its death, it'll bring about a harvest of many souls. And it was almost like the Lord was saying, I'm answering your prayer. I'm taking what the enemy meant to suppress the gospel locally so that I could expand it across an entire state. And I'm going to take a single kernel of wheat uh, you're a single a youth ministry reaching a single community. I'm going to allow that seed to be buried into the ground and die so that a harvest across the state of Illinois could live. 
Well, uh, it was about that time that the entire planet went into a pandemic, into quarantine and all those things. And uh, we just felt like God had called us to it. And so in spite of the pandemic and all those things, we stepped out in faith and uh, became U.S. missionaries with the Assemblies of God uh, with Youth Alive, which is an initiative to empower teenagers to live missionally on their school campus, uh, to share Jesus and to plant churches in the form of Youth Alive clubs on their school campus for the sole purpose of reaching their peers with the gospel. That's the story in a nutshell. Sorry, that might have been a little bit longer than you were expecting. Oh no, that was that was great. And the thing is, it's it, it's so like God to use kind of use the enemy's tricks as a way to expand his own territory. Uh, you know, the uh, uh, these lawyers they wanted to squash you, but now what you're doing is what the what missionaries do in the AG is you empower the people that are on the ground to reach their people. You equip them, you educate them and encourage them. And so now it's not, you know, Billy and Katie coming into the school and proselytizing. Now it's kids just hanging out together and kids evangelizing to other kids. Yeah. So what was, uh, what, obviously this took a big leap for you and for Katie because you went from basically a steady paycheck, a steady job as youth leaders. Now you're becoming missionaries. So you're kind of responsible for raising your own salary kind of uh tell you know tell our audience a little bit about how that happens how do you go from being somebody that's employed to now somebody that's almost an independent contractor in some ways yeah uh well we just like a missionary uh that has to go to africa relies on donors and supporters and people that believe in what they're doing uh we do the same um we not only our not only our monthly stipend, but also our ministry budget gets raised through uh, U.S. Well, we raise it, but it goes through uh, U.S. missions with the Assemblies of God. And um, yeah, I, yeah, we had to raise our raise our budget, and still actively raising our budget. Uh, it never stops. You know, we have so many great donors that sometimes they support us for a season. And uh, that's all they can support us for. And so when that person drops off, we have to re uh, find new donors. And so it's always an ongoing thing, but we love it. We're so grateful that uh, we have people all across the country and we have other missionaries that believe in what we do and support us, um, which all around the support us in our pods doing in Illinois students. So if uh, somebody is uh, listening or, or watching and they're interested in starting Youth Alive or, or seeing what the steps are to start Youth Alive in their uh, public school, uh, what is the first step uh, and uh, what would you recommend that they do in, to, to get this started? Yeah, well, I mean, a preferred method would be reach out to us and just let us know. Um, and we would just love to just build a relationship with you rather than just randomly seeing something pop into our account. Obviously, we love that and enjoy it. Um, but uh, more than anything, we just want to build a relationship with our with people that believe in what we're doing. And we want to get to know you a little bit. Um, so there that that would be preferred. But you could also go to uh, uh, giving.ag.org. Um 
and you can type in our account number 28060 and you can it'll pull pull us right up and, and what can, was that uh, website again giving that yeah it's giving.ag.org And the uh, account number is uh, 2860. Yep, that's correct. i put that in the show notes, and then I'll pop it up here on the screen as well. Uh, if you want to support uh, what is going on uh, with the Youth Alive here in Illinois, uh, what are some of the successes? Because uh, I saw you at Momentum in November uh, talking about a lot of the successes that you all have had um, because uh, – not only are you you starting something, but also there are still a lot of people in schools that are still leery about gatherings and, and things like that uh, because of the pandemic. Uh, so despite everything that you went, you know, you've been up against, what have been some of the successes that we've that you've seen uh, with Youth Alive here in Illinois? Oh, Dave, so many incredible stories. Um, I, I mean, I could share some of them. Uh, I'll just start with one in particular, probably one of the coolest that led to our first Youth Alive Club in Illinois. If you hear something in the background, I have two dogs that are playing. Um, there was a young woman uh, no at, at a big youth event uh, that our district does every every fall. This young woman was there uh, named Roseanne, and she was just there, she heard about what we were doing, and God began to knock on her heart. She sensed God saying something to her. Um, the conversation went like something like this. Roseanne, there's kids at your school that are going there every day hurting, broken, lonely, lost, depressed. Many of them are ready to give up on the gift of life. And I want you to do something about it. I want you to be a campus missionary to that school campus. I want you to start a club. And she Went home, not sure that it was really God that was speaking to her. Uh, much like many times when God speaks to us, we're not really sure that it was God. Well, God ends up visiting her in a dream and has a similar call to her. Roseanne, there's kids at your school. It's a dark place, and I want you to be a light shining in dark places. I am calling you to be a campus missionary and to start a club in your school so kids in your school can hear about the hope and the love of Jesus. Well, at that point, she knew that it was God calling her to do it. And so she has a conversation with a teacher, which led to a conversation with another teacher. Mr. Uh, Rodig, who was in this school, had been a teacher for many years, a man of God, believing a believer in the gospel, but bound by the law, not able to share openly about his faith, praying that God would send an open door. Well, he prayed that for several years. And one day along comes this young woman named Roseanne. Roseanne tells him the story. And he realizes in that moment that she is the open door that he had been praying for. And so together they approached the administration, uh, which took several months long, several months. We don't know if the school was just being super careful or if they thought if they present enough obstacles in Roseanne's path that maybe she'd just give up. Well, she didn't give up from November to March. Uh, on March, uh, the first week of March last school year, uh, Roseanne's persistence paid off as she launched the very first Youth Alive Club in the entire state of Illinois. After that, uh, we were able to share her story all across the state. And since then, uh, we, have, we have helped students launch nearly 20 gospel-centered missional clubs 
across the state of Illinois and beyond. Um, and uh, the last club to launch uh, last week, in fact, uh, we got the text. One of the students reported that 25 teenagers showed up at the club and they led seven of their peers to Jesus. Seven wow. peers, eternity got transformed. Um, and so, man, it's just been amazing. I just believe we're really at the beginning and things are just rolling. It's crazy. Uh, Sunday night, we trained five more students across two different schools in Southern Illinois to start campus clubs. We're doing trainings all over the place. If every student that we've worked with so far successfully plants a club, we will have over 50 clubs started by the end of the school year. Wow. Yeah, it's been amazing. And one of the cool things that uh, you uh, show, shared at Momentum uh, in uh, November was that you've had a club reproduce itself. Uh, you had one, I believe, started in the junior high. Then it the, the leaders ended up going to high school. So they now reproduced where there's now both a junior high and a high school group. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, one of the schools, that, one of the clubs that we were able to launch last year, there was a young woman in eighth grade felt called by God to do something as a sixth grade student. Well, when Youth of Life came around and she was in eighth grade, she decides, I need to do this. She steps out in faith and her and a group of other junior high kids start the club. And uh, most of those kids have now since moved into uh, ninth grade and they had the foresight to raise up a team that would take over uh, and lead the club after they were gone. And so this young woman in particular who kind of spearheaded this uh, named Maddie, she has essentially, before her 16th birthday, has planted two churches on the most strategic mission field in America, the public school campus. She's done more as a 15-year-old as a girl than most Christians do in a lifetime. Yeah. And it just uh, bears witness to Paul writing to Timothy, don't let anyone uh, discourage you because of your age. Yep. And and having the faith of a child of, of going without fear, without any abandon. So that, that's awesome to hear that we're having impact because as Christians, we see the news. We see how ugly things are getting. Um, drag queen story hours, things like that are happening in the public schools. Uh, yet you and Katie couldn't go into a school to just offer an option not even preach, but say, hey, this is available to you if you want to come hear more. Uh, so it's awesome to see that that a new generation is being raised up and not just being raised up, but are taking taking charge. Yeah. So uh, I got your email, uh, youthalive.illinois at gmail.com as a, a way to uh, get in contact if uh, anybody wants to either support uh, you also go through the uh, AG uh, website, giving.ag.org. Look for account number 28060. That's 280060. Uh, or you can also find that information on Facebook by searching uh, Youth Alive Illinois. Um, what has been uh, the biggest challenge uh, in, in getting going and launching uh, different chapters? Um, I think the biggest challenge is... Is this, I think the challenge is not necessarily for Katie and me. I think it's the challenge that we sense on behalf of students, teenagers, 
who are stepping out in faith to do something uh, big for the Lord and the the challenges that they face spiritually. Um, one of our recent clubs to launch that launched, uh, it was the first club to launch in 2023, actually. Just heard uh, a report of one of the girls that helped launch that club is dealing with some uh, things from her past that are causing some trouble. Um, and just to know that as these young people are stepping out to do something big for God, they're treading on the enemy's territory in these schools, and he is unleashing all of hell to try to discourage them, to try to distract them, and try to keep them from doing what God has called them to do. It's one of the hardest things to really explain to uh, either a young believer or somebody that's taking a step is that when you step on the enemy's territory, you've just painted a huge bullseye and I think that's uh, probably the, the biggest support that you and, and Katie can offer is just to be there when they're getting hit with those slings and arrows. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I want everyone to consider uh, if you're, uh, do you, if you know, because Youth Alive is nationwide, it, yeah. every, every state has it. So no matter what state you're in, check out Youth Alive and encourage your high school students, your middle school students, uh, to uh, to step up and uh, and plant a flag for Christ in the middle of what you, like what you refer to is basically the the largest mission field in America. It's our public schools. Yep. Um, so uh, Billy, what I want to do is trans- transition now into uh, hearing your personal story. Uh, one of my favorite parts of every episode is sharing each guest's testimony. So, did you grow up in a Christian home, or did you find Christ later in life? What What is your testimony? Yeah, I grew up in the typical American Christian home uh, that was not churched, was Christian by the nature of being in America. So I grew up with some semblance of of religion. I heard about Jesus, but a personal relationship was never emphasized. Um, repentance, living holy. Um, you know, those things were not a reality in my family. Um, I think I had a praying grandma um, yeah. and she had some influence on my family, but very minimal. Um, and so for the most part, I grew up living in sin and shame and guilt. And I was invited to church by a church kid my junior year of high school. And through his invitation, I in his witness, his testimony, and his praying for me and building a friendship with me. Eventually, after inviting me several times, I went and something clicked. And that church scholarship me to summer camp that summer. Mm-hmm. And between uh, the time he invited me to youth group and the time we went back to school the following school year, um, I was sold out for Jesus. I don't remember the moment I gave my life to Jesus that summer, but I'll tell you this. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for a young man named John who invited me to youth group and I'll never forget his name. And uh, I know what it's like to be an unchurched teenager growing up in junior high and high school. And I know what it's like to have somebody 
witness to me and tell me about Jesus and invite me to youth group and be, uh, we didn't call it a campus missionary at the time, but John was a campus missionary at my school. And I wouldn't be here today uh, doing what I get to do if it weren't for Jonathan Ostrander. And so John and his story, what he did for me is great motivation for me to reach the next Billy Willis's across the state and beyond. Because I know there's kids out there who are hurting and broken and lonely and lost and depressed the way that I was and who are in some circumstances one invite away, one witness away, one prayer away from making making a step towards Jesus. Was there uh, any difficulty or what was the reaction like when you came back home from that camp? And as you started to kind of grow in this relationship with the Lord, how, how did your family uh, react? Was there any change in them? Um, you know, eventually, yeah. Um, I, I, I remember one particular case after I got saved. Uh, my sister in particular, um, I am pretty convinced and I think she would admit that she's had some demonic strongholds in her life. Um, I might even step out the venture to say that she was possessed. Um, she was very troubled growing up and very mean. And uh, there was demonic activity in her life, no doubt. I remember one Christmas uh, that I wanted to do something. And I you know, obviously witnessed to her, invited her to church. But um, one Christmas, I felt led to give her the book called Purpose Driven Life. It was in the early 2000s. And I got that book for her for Christmas. I wrapped it up. And I present as a Christian, I remember pretty vividly her opening that book and my anticipation of how she might receive it, what potential it might have to change her life. Well, she opens it up. She looks at the front cover, looks at the back cover, uh, reads it, and then she looks at me with the most <laughs> mean look as she drew back her hand. And said, I don't need no effing purpose. And I don't need no effing book. As she mm. hung it across the room at me. And I thought, well, that, that was a waste of $20. Way to go. Well, what I didn't know was that as I went to Bible college later that year, that at some divine moment, she would see that book on her bookshelf. As she was contemplating her life and things that were happening to her, I didn't know that she would pick that book up and begin to read it. Mm. And God would begin to speak to her about his plan, his calling, and his destiny for her life. And that ultimately it would lead into a relationship with Jesus. She began to go to church. She began to get hungry for the word of God. Uh, in 2012, uh, I was, I was at that time, I was a youth pastor. She was a Christian, and I needed an extra volunteer one night to help cut cake for our youth group. And I asked her if she would cut cake for this particular night, and she cut cake that night. And she talked to kids, and kids loved her. And I thought, you know what? She might make a good youth leader. And slowly, I gave begin to allow her to do more things in our youth ministry. And then it became, she became like the glue to our youth group 
holding our leadership team together, became one of our strongest leaders. And in 2020, when Katie and I transitioned out of that out of that youth ministry, uh, my sister uh, had that time to gain to get her credentials, became a licensed minister. In 2020, she was asked to be the youth pastor at one of our church's campuses in a rural town uh, called Geneseo. And she has been leading a youth ministry for the last three years in a rural community, making a huge impact in the lives of these teenagers who would not have a youth pastor had my sister not stepped up and answered the call. Uh, So yes, and since then, I've been able to watch a transformation happen in my parents' lives. When my dad prays at the dinner table, uh, I can hear something real that I know he has a relationship with Jesus. They go to church regularly now. Both my parents do. I have two nephews, my sister's sons. Um, One of them, uh, uh, God is, he's a licensed minister with the Assemblies of God. My other nephew loves Jesus and has grown up in a Christian home. My life, my whole family's lives have been changed because it, it all goes back to that young man that invited me to youth group. Yeah. And that that's, again, that's just how God works. All it takes is it literally is that song that we sing at camp. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. Yep. And that spark was you being invited to youth group, you being invited to you know, camp. And now the, the ripple effect is not just your family, but everybody that your family is touching. Uh, so it's, it's amazing what God can do when we just, get over ourselves and just invite somebody. Uh, And then in your case, just get over ourselves and give somebody a book that might get thrown at our head, but eventually could change a life. So I I love that. That, That That's so awesome. Um, So how did, along the way, I I know that you and Katie serve together as youth leaders. How did you guys meet? What's what's your story and how does that factor in with, with your journey? Yeah. Um, well, after I got saved, um, obviously I was in high school, I was girl crazy, but something switched when I got saved and I knew that, uh, the next girl that I would date would be, uh, I wanted her to be a woman of God. And, uh, it just so happened that I met a woman of God in second semester, senior year in Spanish class. And that was, uh, Katie. And, uh, by the end of the semester, we went to prom together the day before graduation. We, uh, we, it was official. We were boyfriend and girlfriend. And uh, then through a series of events and since in the call of God in my life, uh, we expedited everything and got married the next July and moved to Dallas, Texas to attend Bible college together. So uh, things happened really quick. Well, that's interesting. So um, you said Dallas, Texas, so that's CFNI, right? Yeah, yep, Dallas, Texas, uh, Christ for the Nations. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting because normally the Christian girl goes to CFNI to get the ring by spring, but she had it before she went. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And that's, uh, man, we could go into the story about how that happened, but I'm sure we don't have time for that. But God's hand was in it, and it was just, it was uh, unbelievable. Very nice. That's awesome. Um, and for those that may uh, are joining late or uh, missed the initial, uh, 
just to remind us what Youth Alive is and what uh, what you guys need as far as support or how people can help the mission. Yeah. Uh, again, Youth Alive is the initiative of our fellowship, the Assemblies of God, to reach arguably the greatest mission field on the planet, where George Barna found that 94% of the people who give their life to Jesus will do so before the time they graduate high school. So it is a very strategic mission field. And uh, Youth Alive, we reach that mission field by empowering and inspiring students to live missionally on the public school campus and share Jesus with their classmates and beyond. We raise up campus missionaries who share Jesus with other people. Classmates, teammates, family, friend, strangers, teachers, whomever. Uh, we want to see young people taken by the calling of God to uh, make Jesus known. Um. I maybe it's too uh, maybe it's too early or uh, are there any testimonies of the students leading a youth alive meeting, a teacher checking it out and then that teacher accepting Christ? Um, you know, I know that there have been students that have had opportunities to minister to and pray for teachers. I have not heard. Um, I think the larger it gets, it's going to be harder to really keep tabs on everything that happens. Sure. Um, so I have not heard of a of a situation where a teacher has come to faith through a through a student. Well, yeah. by the end of the school year, let let's say that it'll happen this year. Amen. Amen. We're believing for it. Amen. For sure. All right. Well, Billy, the, the uh, there are two final segments uh, to our show. Uh, fairly simple, but uh, the first one is called the interrogation, seven random questions that uh -oh. otherwise wouldn't have fit in our conversation. Uh, and then the final question will be your wise counsel for anyone that wants to use their gifts for God's glory. So let that marinate for just a moment and we'll dive into the interrogation. So uh, first question is what makes you laugh? Oh man, uh, what makes me laugh? My dogs bring a lot of laughter in my life. They are hilarious. They're fun dogs. They're crazy. Um, yeah. Very goofy. I heard a little bit of them in the background a little earlier. And, and uh, my wife and I have three cats. They're they're my step cats. I married into them. Uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm looking forward to being able to have her have kids and and a dog. So I'm excited to see when God opens that door. Uh, question number two is coming up. Right, here it is. Uh, what's your favorite comfort food? Oh, man, this is easy. I had, I'll just tell you this, man, a good Cinnabon mm. cinnamon roll or uh, a Wetzel's pretzel, sweet almond with the sugar glaze. Ooh. It's hard to pass those up when I get around them. Or Annie Ann's, Annie Ann's pretzels, the sweet ones with the almond, almond flakes on it. With yeah, the oh yeah, place. I, I phew, man, I don't know if that's comfort food, but it brings me a lot of comfort. And then yeah, <laughs> comfort, comfort food is the stuff that sticks to your ribs. Yeah. So, uh, uh, honey, we're going to the mall after this. 
Right, uh, question three, with whom do you most identify in scripture? That's a great question. You know, man, I think there's parts of everybody, different characters. You know, I think about, uh, I think about Moses and how he dealt with his own insecurities how God called him to do something to be his voice. And Moses's argument was that he didn't have a voice. And God said, shut up, I'll be your voice. I think about Paul who said, uh, you know, that um, where God told him, my powers made perfect in your weakness. Um, I'm very in tune with my own weaknesses and I'm constantly reminded that God's power is perfected in my weakness. Uh, apart from Jesus, I'm just a tall, lanky, introverted kid that can't put his sentences together. Um, any ability to do any of that uh, is by God's grace. Um, so I identify with those kind of characters. Nice. And number four, uh, what's a talent that you have that few people have seen? I can... I can do weird things with my tongue. <laughs> I can right. turn my upside down. I can do like the tongue wave. I can make it look like a flower. I can do all kinds of things. You make it look like a flower. All right. Uh, I'm going to put you on the, uh, the big screen. <laughs> Let's see it. Okay. I don't know if a flower is the best way to describe this, but I can do this weird thing. Gosh, you're really going to make me do this. Okay. See that? Nice. I can put it upside down. I don't think most people can do that, right? No, I, I'm not sure I've ever tried, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Uh, number five, uh, where would you most like to visit in this life? I would love to go to Ireland mm. or wherever, wherever Lord of the Rings was filmed. Take me there. I think, I think Ireland, right? Either Ireland or Scotland. It was in that, that vicinity. Take me there. All right. Question number six is if you could go back and this is either a positive, you just want to relive the moment or if you want to fix something. Uh, if you could go back and relive a moment, what is that moment? Oh, Dave, man, you are pulling out some good ones. I wish, man, I wish I could go back to the summer camp that changed everything and just relive that week and take it in more. Because uh, I just don't remember a lot from that week, but I know it was so transformational in my life and it built a great foundation i wish i could relive that moment and go back and just savor every bit of it nice all right and final question in the interrogation uh what is something you hope to accomplish in 2023 um well we want to we want to see 50 clubs launched by the end of the school year that's something we would hope to accomplish. Very nice. 
Awesome. You made it through the interrogation, unscathed, I hope. Let's um, go. <laughs> so the final question I ask every interview is, uh, for anyone that wants to step up and use their gifts for God's glory, what would you say your wise counsel would be? I would say, well, I had a mentor tell me this one time. She said, you have to assign purpose to your pain because if you don't, the enemy will. Mm. Um, I think some of our, the things that God has called us to, our purposes, our purpose uh, is written through our, some of the, our painful moments. And I believe that, I don't believe God has caused those painful moments things but i think he'll certainly use it um i think man put uh, matthew six thirty three. seek first the kingdom of god and all those things will fall into place if jesus is first in order everything else will come in There we go. There we go. Lost you for half a second. Uh, You were saying uh, Matthew 6, uh, 33? Yeah. I'll say it again. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And if I'll put it, I put it this way. When Jesus is first in order, everything else in our life will come into order. If Jesus isn't first in order, everything's going to be out of order. We got to work to keep Jesus first, keep Jesus center, make sure that we are, uh, our first ministry is to Jesus and we don't lose sight of that. Uh, Because the moment Jesus isn't the center of it, everything else is going to be chaotic and there's going to be no divine flow to our life or to our calling. Things are going to be crazy. Things are going to be frustrating. Um, Things will be out of order. So, man, keep Jesus first. Amen. All right. So again, uh, anybody that wants to get involved, uh, you can uh, search uh, Youth Alive Illinois on Facebook or uh, just reach out youthalive.illinois at gmail.com. Especially if you have a teenager that is in high school that wants to make an impact but doesn't know how, this would be a great opportunity. Uh, A lot of great mentorship and just the ability to Find a flag for Christ in a, a very dark region, which is our public schools, because every it's almost like daily, if not weekly, you'll hear stories of something that just reminds you is like we might be in the days of Noah part two. Uh just the like I mentioned earlier, the drag queen story time, um, the things that they're trying to keep out of parents' purview and allow girls to make decisions that will change their life forever without letting the parents know, things like that. So we want to see our the greatest mission field in America, the, the public schools, taken back for Christ. And Youth Alive can be a great way to do that. So, uh, Billy, I appreciate you being on, uh, praying for you and for Katie, and, and uh, praying that uh, we'll hear at least one teacher will be saved this year because Youth Alive was in their school. Amen. Let's go. All right. And uh, for next week, uh, we have uh, 
a couple of friends coming on. Uh, we have uh, Cassidy and uh, Cliff Novak. They're coming on to share their story and also share the story of her book, I Can, I Have, I Will, uh, which just came out at the end of uh, 2022. Uh, so there are uh, two great people. We'll be uh, connecting with them next Monday right here on Gifts for Glory. And until then, uh, Billy, God bless you and Katie. And uh, we uh, uh, will see you at uh, the next uh, district event. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see our audience next week here on Gifts for Glory. We'll talk to you then.